come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. November, dear traveler. So happy to see you here. Come, step up into the caravan. We have plenty more stories to fill you with fear. But first, I would like to give a huge shout out to our Patreons Jose, Jake, Natalie, Joseph, Victoria, Donna, Kadrick, Jim, and Robin. If you would like to become a Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash the caravan of lore. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram under the Caravan of Lore. Also this month, I am asking a huge favor for my birthday, and that is to reach 500 subscribers over on our YouTube channel. Just search for the Caravan Library of Lore over on YouTube and hit that subscribe button as well as the bell so you can stay up to date on all our new videos. Speaking of YouTube, I have a very special guest for you tonight. Tonight, we welcome Mort from Mortis Media. Mort has been narrating scary stories on YouTube since 2015, which is about just as long as I've been listening to his channel. There are many playlists such as Deep Woods, Cryptids, Night Shift, and one of my personal favorites, Let's Not Meet. You can find all these and more by heading over to YouTube and typing in Mortis Media. And without further ado, our guest. Thank you so much for being here and welcome inside the caravan. Today we are speaking with Mort from Mortis Media. I have to tell you right off the bat, one of the things that I love about your channel is the intro. Right in the very, yes, that whisper, that Mortis Media, it is, it really captures you right off the bat. Well, thank you. It was my wife's idea. I came up with the visuals because I, I didn't have an intro and I wanted to do something cool. And I, mm. I did the kind of, I got just a picture and I added some effects on Premiere Pro, made it all fuzzy and stuff. Mm. And then I showed it to her and she's like, oh, it needs something. It's missing something. And she's like, I'm going to whisper your your name. And she did. And, you know, just it just stuck. And it's just, it's never changed. It's definitely one of my favorites. So what ended up inspiring you to start Mortis Media? <clears throat> well, this goes back, you know, the channel is it's going to celebrate its six-year anniversary on Halloween. So do you by any chance know the creator Rob Gavigan? I don't. No? The story goes that about, well, six years ago, in fact, Rob Gavigan, then Rob Dyke, hosted a competition. It was his second year hosting. He was saying to people, if you're a YouTuber or you want to be a YouTuber and serious about it, I'm hosting Mm -hmm. a competition to give back. Oh, wow. Rob was obviously earning a really good amount of money and he thought to give back which I think is a really cool thing for a creator to do and you know I'm really grateful I'll always be grateful that he did that because it really Mm. put my ass in gear thinking you know now's (laughs) the time to start a channel if I really want to he was offering camera equipment 
you know, all kinds of useful stuff. And I think also maybe some money along to go with it to really help wow. you get a boost. Mm-hmm. So I told my friends about the competition and my wife and my sister-in-law and stuff. And I said, look, guys, this is legit. This sounds really good. We should enter. And um, mm-hmm. I think the deadline was like November 2nd or something. And so we got together on the 30th of October. Um, well, we planned it beforehand, but we recorded this spooky video. It was like like a mini film sort of thing, because mm-hmm. that's what we thought at the time would be a cool thing to do for a channel. The specifics of the competition where you had to create a video that would show off what you do and you, you just basically had to show them what you do as a creator and why you're worthy of the prize. And we interpreted it as, mm. well, we're going to create a video to show him what we can do and why we think we're worthy. But I think maybe he wanted people explaining specifically why they needed, like, oh, I need the money for this. Anyway, I suppose everyone interprets mm. stuff in different way. Anyway, right. we, we made the video. It was pretty fun to make. We all had a good laugh. It was, you know, in England at the end of October, it's typically really cold, especially while recording at night. So we were all freezing mm. our asses off out there. <laughs> um, but we made the video and, uh, and uploaded it on Halloween after making the channel and sent it off to Rob and waited to see what happened. Unfortunately, we didn't win. But then I I was kind of left a bit like, well, I've started now. Wouldn't it be good to carry on? And I tried to convince my friends, like, let's carry on making short films. Let's let's keep trying this YouTube thing out. But they were no longer interested. So (laughs) right. And after listening to so many, you know, creepy pastor and true scary story narrators on YouTube, I thought, well, I've always loved ghost stories. Like paranormal stuff is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And after listening to so many, I thought, well, I, maybe I can do something with just storytelling. So I tried it and just went from there. And it took a, it took a long time for it to get anywhere. I've had like some serious help along the way that I'll always be very mm-hmm. grateful. You know, we are where we are today. Thanks to everyone who listens. And I think we're just like two and a half thousand shy of 300k. So it'd be pretty nice if we could hit the 300k goal before Halloween, which is obviously the 60th anniversary of the channel. So I think that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, that's awesome. Wow. So have you had any paranormal experiences yourself? I may have done. And I'll I'll say may, as I'll explain (laughs) now. Okay. So it's another story. I'll try to keep this one a bit shorter. But 2012 to 2013, my wife had a year abroad program. She was then my girlfriend, I suppose. And she had to go live in France for a year as part of her university course. And I went over there as often as I could. I was still studying myself. I only had a few windows where I could go visit her, but I did. And she lived at the very end of a very quiet road. It was was like a small village. There were houses everywhere. And it was a very long road. It was like, I think it's almost like a kilometer walk. From what, from like the top of the road where you get the bus down to mm. where she lived, it was all occupied by people. There were houses everywhere, so it felt relatively mm. safe. Mm-hmm. But one night, we'd just come from the city, which was like a half-hour bus ride away, 40-minute bus ride away. And we got off the bus, and it was just like raining slightly. It was dark. There were only about three street lamps on this hugely long road, and there were vast stretches of darkness in between. It was like that perfect setting where the rain is coming down not too hard, just ever so lightly, almost like snow, right. like really all rain. And it just added to the creepy eeriness of the situation. It was dead silent. Other than footfalls, there was no other sound, I suppose, muffled by the light rain. Because all the houses seemed to be quiet. We were walking mm. along this road, just holding hands, pretty much in silence, or maybe talking about stuff. I can't really remember. But it, was, it definitely had a creepy vibe already. 
as we were getting towards the end of the road where we had to take a like a little small secluded path Mm -hmm. literally a really small quick path and then we'd get to her house we passed a house that didn't have any lights on that was completely pitch black now we'd passed this house a few times before it had wood outside you know like that people might chop but Mm -hmm. for the most part it never seemed to have anyone there it always seemed quite desolate abandoned Mm -hmm. even though I was relatively sure people must at least come around every once in a while as we passed this house in the complete darkness, out of nowhere, we hear this loud laugh, kind of like you hear a demonic laugh on, you know, if you type in demonic laugh on YouTube, you'll get the kind of laugh. It's just this loud laugh erupted from nowhere. Oh, wow. And it was so unexpected. Now, it could have been just some creep in the dark who saw us coming and thought, I'm going to play a great prank on these two kids. Right. Or it could have been something else i mean I'll, I'll never know but it definitely freaked us out and when we <laughs> we just like held hands harder and just ran all the way home and we were <laughs> like what is that should we go back and we were like no, no no let's just go in forget about it so we just went right. to the house and tried to forget about it it was, it was definitely creepy although i've never had anything exclusively paranormal happen to me i wish mm-hmm. i did have something like that happened to me like the stuff i read in my stories but alas not yet but that was definitely <laughs> the scariest thing that's ever happened to me that may have been right yeah no that would uh that would definitely get me I mean I'm somebody that I have gone on a couple paranormal investigations but if I was just walking along somewhere and I heard something randomly I wouldn't be down to investigate that at all no I mean I I, neither was I clearly Okay, so you have multiple playlists on your channel, such as Deep Woods, Cryptids, Night Shift, and Let's Not Meet. Do you have a personal favorite? Playlist or story type? The story type. Like I said earlier, I'm a sucker for anything paranormal. I think Mm. when it boils right down to it, I'm a fan of anything that can't be explained, whether it be a cryptid, like a skinwalker or a black-eyed kid. Or even Mm -hmm. a ghost, you know, all of these kind of things that might be real, but no one really knows, I suppose, is what entices me the most. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's what grips many people who listen to the channel. No one really knows if they're true or not. And that's the thing. You can hear thousands of stories, but Mm -hmm. you never really quite know for sure. But yeah, they're definitely my favorite. It just fascinates me. How can people say all through history, mm-hmm. you know, from ancient times, the concept of ghost has been around forever. It's not hard to think why, you know, someone dies, they're gone. But, you know, people can still have wishful thinking that their imprint might be still around somewhere, you know, checking up on them and making sure they're OK. Right. All the stories of people actually seeing phantoms. Could right. it just be like the world's biggest lie or could there be some truth behind it? I think that is what's so intriguing to many people. It's just mm-hmm. no one really knows. And yet everyone wants to. Well, most people who listen at least want to believe. <laughs> yes. No, that's true. I mean, for me personally, I'm from Oregon and I flew over to Ohio. And I had went to this infirmary and it was reportedly haunted. And I went there with a team and I wasn't afraid. It felt pretty okay in the beginning. And so I kind of just walked off and I walked down into the basement. I was alone and there was this music, you know, that was posted. And so I was kind of humming it and everything and walking the halls when all of a sudden 
it really felt like somebody put their hand up against my head and in my hair. Like I felt a hand on me and it was so, so intense. And of course, you know, I, I ran up all the, all the flights of steps and back into with my group and everything. Cause I was just dumbfounded. I really thought, oh, you hear about this stuff, but what's really, truly the probability of it happening to you? Here again, back in August, I had went to Ohio again, and we were doing another kind of paranormal investigation, and we had our spirit boxes out and different EMF detectors and stuff like that. Well, we decided to go out into the woods because it seemed like that would just be the place to go. And we go out there and we set everything up. I'm a sensitive, so I can feel and sense certain things. And I was standing there and I just felt like we weren't alone. And the people that I was with, they were like, you know, they're kind of laughing and, you know, because they grew up in those woods. This is, you know, their home, what they're used to. And I just didn't feel right. Well, eventually we were standing there and I thought I saw something off to the side. Now we were in there doing ghost stuff, but I'm sitting there going, am I staring? Am I staring at a Sasquatch? Is, <laughs> is that what I see? Like, and I'm sitting there going, no, no, this is not in my reality. This is not something that I want to experience. And so we ended up packing up because I was like, I want to go out to the field. I don't want to be in the woods anymore. And so we go out to the field and YouTube, the Ohio howl. My friend had played this. It's supposedly a Sasquatch howl that was recorded back in 1994. So she plays it and lo and behold, the same exact howl comes out of those woods so loud. And eventually it sounds like this thing that is in there is ripping this tree out of the ground and hitting another tree with it. And I mean, I was like, go, go, go. I don't want to be in here anymore. You know, let we need to leave. And in that moment, it was just like, I really felt like, oh my gosh, monsters are real. Like <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is real. You hear the stories, but until it really happens to you, you're always wondering. No, I, I definitely feel you. And, and some of the stuff you were saying about the tree and, you know, they sound like, a, like that really loud sound. I mean, I've read a lot of stories about potential Bigfoot and Sasquatch and they, right. they read pretty much the same, like this huge noise as well, possibly loud noise just from the dark and from nowhere. You know, I've, I've heard it before. And it's again, it's like, well, so many people say it. Surely there must be a grain of truth behind it. Like I'm never satisfied because I really, <laughs> because I need to know. Right. No, exactly. And then the other part of it too is without a clear visual. What was it? So you still don't really know. So no one speaking... really knows. That that's the problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> so out of all the cryptids, do you have a favorite? So so three questions with this. Number one, do you have a favorite? Number two, if you could wave a magic wand and be like, okay, this cryptid is real, one hundred and ten percent. Which one would it be? And which one would you never want to be real? So should we start with that one then? Which one would I never want to be real? Yes. Would you count a demon as a cryptid? Probably Pardon? not. No? Probably then a wendigo. <laughs> that so, is one know, that I'm scared of. A cannibalistic kind of like spirit that goes mm -hmm. into humans and makes them you know, do horrific things. That's pretty mm -hmm. terrifying. And, you know, if you make it out alive, you're going to be going to prison forever. So it, it, yes. would, definitely, it would definitely be unpleasant. As for one that I, well, I would love for it to be real, I'd love to have an encounter with a black-eyed kid. So I'm going to oh. say black-eyed kid because I find, them, I find them so creepy. 
Yes. Uh, that, that being said, uh, do you follow the Paranormal Scholar by any chance? I, I just actually came across them a couple days ago. Truly excellent channel. They did a really interesting video on the Black Eyed Children and, and they did really in-depth research on it. Oh, and wow. they pretty much concluded, they were like, yeah, it looks like the Black Eyed Kid was invented by this guy on the internet who said, oh. why don't we invent our own cryptid and then wrote a story about a Black Eyed Kid and then it all sprung from there. So, you know, when people write, because one thing I've noticed is the Black Eyed Kids, they had their heyday a few years ago. Like lots of mm. stories were going round as horror narrations got more popular on YouTube and more people were hearing about it. More people wrote about them, right. whether fiction or, or, you know, real accounts, I, I will never be able to say for sure. But then when the hype kind of finished, so did the amount of experiences connected to them. Like if I want to find oh. a Black Eyed Kid story fresh these days, there mm. aren't any or very little. So it's like, is it real? Is it not real? Because these things are, you know, you can what you see them happen over time and you think, well, if it's real, surely people would see them more or talk about them a bit more. But no, nothing. So it's just it, re it really makes you wonder. Right. But, but one thing that people never fail to see a ghost. Right. So. Right. That's true. So do what you about think. You then? Oh, me. Well, <laughs> oh, gosh. The one that I would never want to be real definitely would be the Wendigo, just because it seems so horrifying. And with Sasquatch, it seems like they can either be just curious or observative. And yes, there are the stories where they're aggressive, but you're not going to get a Wendigo story, I don't think, <laughs> where they're just curious or docile. They're no. going to eat you. <laughs> So oh, yeah, I would going to be gone. Yes. <laughs> so I would never want that to be real. As for what I think would be really cool. That's a hard one. I'm not really sure which one I would really want to be real. I mean, I only say Black Eyed Kid because it's the one that I think out of all of them is the one mm -hmm. that's easiest to kind of say, yeah, this one's fake. <laughs> yeah. I think look, I think cryptids are just so interesting and just really cool in general. Definitely really interesting to a lot of people. I think my favorite is the Skinwalker, just because mm -hmm. so much of it is surrounded in mystery. Because obviously the, the Navajo Native American people, they try to keep this stuff on the down low. Mm -hmm. And I think they like their secrets still kept to themselves, mm -hmm. which I totally respect. Right. But regrettably, that makes it even more interesting when you want to keep <laughs> something to yourself. It's like, okay, well, now I really want to know. Yes. No, I am the same way. I am definitely one of those people where you give that just that little glimmer and you're like, I, I definitely want to know more. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. for sure. Out of all of the submissions that you receive, out of all of the categories, which topic scares you the most? That's got to be police stories and hospital stories. Mm. It's because they're the most real. And because right. generally police officers and people who work in hospitals, they've seen some messed up stuff. Right. And I never feel quite comfortable going into an unfamiliar hospital. Never. Mm. I always feel like, you know, I, I don't know about other people, but whenever I walk into a hospital, I look down and I think, damn, I'm a bit overweight. If I keep eating, I'm going to, I just, I just hate on myself. Like everything I think mm. I do wrong, it just feels, it just feels amplified. And right. it's like, I'm doing everything wrong. If I don't want to come here again under like dire circumstances, I need to seriously change my life. I'm not very, I'm not super active. Mm -hmm. Like I've got other members of my family who like are always going to the gym, friends who are always like, who live at the gym basically. And there's me like, 
I'm a potato. So, <laughs> so I look, so, so I'm like, oh, I need to change my life. And, every, and I think that's one of the reasons they, it scares me so much. They've seen some really unpleasant things, like a number of stories related to police and hospital have just been so explicit, so horrific. It really makes you appreciate how frail human beings are and how our bodies are so squishy and not really designed to withstand many of the potential accidents you can suffer nowadays. I think that for me is like the most horrifying thing. And especially anything that happens to kids. You know, I've read some stories and I'm just like, I can't deal with this. I think I read a few once and I read them and I was just like, I can never put this in a video because everyone would just be outraged if they hear it. Yeah, right. There's just right. some really strong stuff there. Yeah. And that was actually one of my next questions is I was going to ask you if you've ever had a submission that was too scary or too jarring to be able to share. I mean, yeah, there have been ones that have just been too gruesome. You know, YouTube also Mm -hmm. has a um, pretty sophisticated filter and it picks up on bad stories or really bad content and it kind of flags it as not good for advertising. So that means, (laughs) you know, work your butt off making a video, finding the stories and everything just for YouTube to be like, no, 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 this is too much. You're not getting paid today. The more more explicit stuff, I, I, I I don't even think I can post it, but. I think there's a fine line between horror, which is like what most people come for, mm-hmm. and just like distasteful, horrific yes. things. And, you know, I, I have to be the one that draws the line. And I usually draw it at like kids in suffering and stuff. Right. And this is like a deep web story video. But, you know, other than that, I just try and keep it fairly tame. Right. Yeah. And I did notice that you had uh, several videos on the dark web. And I was curious, have you ever been tempted to go on the dark web yourself? Not really. I mean, there's nothing on there that really interests me anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm not really mm-hmm. looking for, you know, drugs or nuke codes or whatever it is that people look up on the dark <laughs> right. web. You know, unless there's proof of ghost on there, you know, undeniable proof, there really would be no interest mm-hmm. for me to go on there at all. It is a fascinating place, but I'm pretty sure that the dark web is just, I don't even know how much of it is real, but I'm not going to be the one who's like going to try and go on to find out. Right. (laughs) No, that is definitely something where I've listened to the stories and I'm good listening to the stories and that's it. I don't have that need or desire to try it out myself. I'd be much too scared. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I mean, I read the stories of people like I found a website link on the Onion server. I clicked on it. It took me to a page where someone was getting tortured. And then I typed in the chat box you're disgusting. I'm calling the police. And then five minutes later, they're at my address. I mean, stuff like that. It sounds like it's written by an eight-year-old who's bored. But, (laughs) you know, the amount of stories that have circulated, they're all like that. I mean, it's just all nonsense. Right. The world is a big place. For someone to be hosting like five minutes from your house with a team ready to send for your address, (laughs) that is serious commitment. I mean, no one can be really bothered to do that. And I mean, if you're an expert hacker and you can do that, You'll have other ways of keeping tabs on people instead of just outright threatening them and just showing up immediately. But yeah, like I think a lot of the dark web stories, which is why I don't call them true. I think that for the most part, they're just creative writing assignments. But, you know, they're still fun to read. You know, it's like watching Squid Games, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Even (laughs) if it's not true. Yeah, no, that was quite the show. I came across that a couple of weeks ago and watched the entire series. And it was really good. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure the guy who wrote it must have been somewhat inspired by like either Battle Royale or Deep Web, you know, one of the two, maybe both. Yeah, 
No, I'm sure. So out of all of the submissions that you've had, is there any particular story that has stayed with you the most or one that is your favorite to share? Well, there's one ghost story that I really enjoy listening to and mm-hmm. I enjoy rereading. I reread it a few times on my channel and on live streams and stuff. Mm-hmm. This story was written by the grandson of this wall of this guy. Mm-hmm. This old man told this story to his grandson. His grandson's older now. It happened in, in the United States sometime in the 20s or the 30s, you know, 1920s, you know, nearly 100 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And this old man was saying that in his youth, you know, things were different. People were still going around in horse and carts because he lived in the south and in the countryside. And he would walk around and go visit his uncle who lived a few miles away. And sometimes he'd spend a weekend there fishing and talking and stuff. And obviously life was very different, far simpler back then. At the end of one weekend, he's coming back from his aunt and uncle's house. He's walking back, you know, only illuminated by the moonlight, and he's making his way home. On his way back, he has to pass by a small lake or river. And as he passes it, he hears something, and he sees a man in the water. He's about waist deep in the water. Kind of freaks him out a little bit. He's like, why is a man? in a full suit and hat, standing in the middle of the water, just staring and smiling at this kid who's about 10 years old. So he stares at the man and asks if he's all right, but the man doesn't reply. So it's night and he's busy and he says, okay, well, good night, mister, you know, good old Southern manners, right? And he starts making his way. The curiosity gets the better of him and he looks back again. And when he looks back, he sees the man has waded a little bit further into the water. But this time, he's moving his finger in a beckoning sort of motion, just one finger, like pulling the finger towards his hand, like, come here. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say a word, just moves his finger. And the presence this man had was rather powerful. So he looks at the man and, you know, he's thinking, like, why does he want me to come near the water? But, you know, he resolutely carries on and just keeps on walking. He looks back again and the man is just still standing there, moving his finger beckoning him to come to the water and he's even deeper now but you know the boy just says all right i'm sorry good night sir or whatever and makes his way Mm -hmm. home and for the most part tries to forget about it but then when he gets home he realizes a fact that he hadn't noticed while he was there and that is that on the moonlit night as he was watching the man who was just standing in the water but who knows why the whole time he was moving the water was completely still and he never even made a ripple. And although it's kind of not a lot happens, it's just kind of the build-up and the curiosity. It's like, well, what is he? Why was he in the water? Mm. How did he not make a ripple? And I think it helps the fact that the story is, you know, nearly 100 years old. It right. just kind of adds to the romance of the story. But it's it always been one of my favourites. It's, it's written a lot better than I, I recount it now. But I do enjoy reading it. Um, every once in a while the newer listeners wow no that was that was amazing and definitely leaves you thinking oh my gosh because putting myself in that situation I would be staring at the man and I'd be so curious that I I don't know if I would notice if the water was moving or not yeah it's another interesting fact about the story it's it's cool that he did pick up on it oh yeah so have you had any submissions that have had a really big impact on you one of my favorite submissions of all time was a black eyed kid story. Again, I can't tell if it's mm. true or not. Right. But it was just, it was so well written. And it was one of the first stories I ever got submitted. And it was probably the best one I was submitted by that date. It was like a 20, like a 15 minute long read. It was about a guy 
who goes with his boyfriend to house to the house in the middle of the countryside in England. Mm. And he gets visited by three black-eyed kids in the night while his boyfriend's out working. And it's just how the night progresses and how they keep knocking at the door, asking to be let in. And, you know, just written well for the fear to build up. You know, you're going to see what right. happens, you know. If the boyfriend's going to be the one writing at the end and he just finds his other boyfriend's corpse or whatever, it's just mm. a really impacting story. Other than, than that, and, of course, submissions where people and children die horrific deaths right. yeah they're, they're definitely the ones that have been most impacting the ones that you really remember and right. usually when people ask me to tell a ghost story I'll default to either one of those oh so okay so let's say you're home and you get a knock at the door and you open the door and you see that there's two black-eyed kids there what are you gonna do well I'm definitely definitely going to tell them that they're being watched on cctv so they evaporate the smoke <laughs> because as we all know when you when you've got cameras cryptids can't come close <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in all seriousness i don't really know like you, you read comments and you're just like you, you're like oh well why didn't they have a camera why didn't you get your phone out and it's just like right. well yeah, yeah they do have a point but you know who thinks to do that in the in the moment like when, like when, like in the story i told earlier when when i heard the laughter my instant reaction wasn't like hold up, let me get my phone and turn on the right. flashlight to see if there's anyone there before <laughs> I run. If there were a black-eyed kid, I, I don't know, I'd, I'd definitely be intrigued and I'd love it if someone recorded the interaction, but pretty, I'd be pretty scared. I would definitely ask them like who they are and what they want and just right. see how the interaction played out because it's just, it would be such a uniquely fascinating experience. I would just love to see what happened, really. I wouldn't let them in. You know, right. I'm not that hungry for death. But <laughs> it, would def- it would definitely be something I would love to talk about and share and just see what happened. Because I think when something happens to you personally, you know, you can just solidify it in your mind that it's real, isn't it? Um, right. You know, like if you were see, like if you see a ghost personally, you mm-hmm. can then you can then say, well, I'm ninety percent sure that everyone's telling me the truth about ghosts, right? Because I've now seen one. So you know, right. it's like that. You get a you get a deep level of confirmation about that what you are experiencing is real, and I think that's really cool. Oh, for sure. I mean, and it comes to the why didn't you get your phone out and all that kind of thing. There was an experience that I had had when I was out on my balcony at the place that I lived previous. And I was just admiring the night sky when all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I saw this big cloud of like smoke or fog or whatever. And as I was watching it, it sounds so strange. I saw this thing manifest out of it and it was this tall humanoid alien looking thing and it walked down the road until it just kind of disappeared like through an invisible door. I didn't have fight or flight. I had freeze. And I was terrified that if I moved, if I made a sound, it would know that I was watching it. And then finally, when it wasn't there anymore, I was terrified to turn around to even go back into my house because, again, I thought, if this can just come out of nowhere, then who's to say that when I turn around and put my hand on the door that this thing isn't going to be standing behind me? Finally, I was able to get inside and I closed the patio door and I closed the blinds and I had called my sister 
And so I was really freaking out on the phone with my sister. So I had my phone out at this point. Well, I ran into my children's room because I was like, oh, you know, I want to close their blinds as well because their window was wide open. The blinds were open. And I went in there and I just had that feeling that I was being stared at. And so I look up and in the window of another apartment, I could see the same exact thing in the window. And I just tried to tell myself, you know what? You're being crazy. Take a quick picture and maybe you can send it to somebody that goes, oh, you are you were just seeing things. This was the reflection in the, the window of the car and the light in the parking lot. I took a picture and then, you know, boom, closed everything up as fast as I could. But when you're in that moment and you're legitimately seeing something, not only are you afraid of what you're seeing, but you're questioning everything. Am I really seeing this? Am I crazy? There's no way that you can pull out a phone or a camera in that moment. And I think for the most part, you know, a lot of people who aren't necessarily like into the paranormal I feel like they sort of frown upon it and they think it's sort of like, I don't know, they, they don't see it as interesting. They see it as kind of like, oh, if you see it, there must be something wrong with you because that's not normal. And it's just, and right. it's, I think there's sort of like this attitude. So you, you think, wait, am I being crazy? Am I, be, am I, you know, like subject to what people think in this yeah. way? Yeah, it definitely gets me thinking. Freaky, but I'm looking at the pictures now. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. I mean, I'd be terrified if I saw that. I have sent the photo into some other people that have interviewed me and they've had the photo analyzed, which I didn't know that they were going to do. And they were like, well, we didn't tell you that we were going to do this, but we had the photo analyzed and they weren't able to debunk it. And when you looked back at any point, was it gone? When I asked right after I took the photo, I put the blinds down. I didn't want to look anymore. I didn't look outside my house until the next morning. When you looked again, like in the future, it was gone, wasn't it? Yes. And was it, and you say the consistency, was it kind of like opaque, transparent, like smoke, or was it solid? It was solid. After it manifested out of this weird cloud of of smoke and everything, it was a solid being. That's really freaky. Because it almost looks like a ram skull because of the white shape. And I'm unsure if those are eyes. There's definitely like teeth underneath. It's just, it's just really freaky. I mean, it's, it's really clear as well. And other people yeah. might be like, oh, it's just a trick of the light. Oh, it's just someone with a Halloween costume on. And it's just like, right. Really, right. really, 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 really weird. There's one picture. I put this on my community tab a while ago now, but it was this year. Someone sent me a picture of their daughter and was like, I think I caught a ghost on picture. And I mean, when I posted it on the comments, I mean, I could clearly see the ghost of the little girl. But then other people were like, it's a lamp. It's, you know, it's like the bed of the lamp. And it's just like a lot of people can see different things. And it's just, it, it always leaves me wondering because it's like, are we the ones who want to see ghosts seeing it because we want to or because it's there? And it's just super hard to be objective in these matters because I want to believe. Right. But then other people see that and they're like, oh, yeah, the, the thing that's the eye, that's mm-hmm. just a reflection of the light. And the white thing is obviously a lamp. And the shadow underneath it was obviously because the house was on fire and then it was put out. You know, they don't have any <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, what's fascinating is, so I've heard experiences where one in particular, there was a family, it was three people and they were over at Gettysburg and they were all looking in one particular direction. While one person saw kind of like a mist, another person saw a ball of light. 
whereas another person saw an actual full apparition of a soldier. And so basically what I get from that and what I've heard otherwise too, is that, I mean, we all look at things through our own perceptions and our own experiences and that these beings, entities, or things will show themselves to us in a way that we can recognize them. So whereas one person might not recognize it as this smoky thing, they need to see it as the full soldier, whereas another person might just take it, you know, like, oh, a ball of light. I know that that's a spirit. And so it's even with people dressed in older clothing, they may see an apparition of a woman in a Victorian dress, but one may see her with sleeves and the other one may see it without sleeves. Exactly. And I mean, I've, I've never read a story specifically where people say they've seen different things, different apparitions, but it is interesting mm-hmm. to hear about. I, I have heard or read a number of stories about Gettysburg. I even saw one in the newspaper in England oh, wow. that, of like a picture. Take this is on like the um, like the metro. It's like a free newspaper for when you mm-hmm. get on the, the underground train. And it had a picture of like this soldier and these, these two kids are like, behind it, but the soldier was kind of like in the background. And they were just like walking past and and it was saying there was, and the people were saying there was no reenactment this day. There was nothing. Why the, how the hell did these soldiers get into the picture? There was no one there when we took them. I mean, maybe they saw light or they didn't see the light. And then the camera saw something else. I mean, right? who really knows? So true. I've got a, another question for you with location. Uh, have you ever received a story from a location where you were really surprised? Like, for me, when I have come across these videos, I've seen like scary stories that happened at McDonald's or Starbucks or Walmart. And I was like, seriously? I was really surprised. <laughs> I mean, I, I have scary stories from, from Walmart and McDonald's. I don't always do videos based specifically on unique places because the views don't tend to be very good. But I have right. had them from, you know, supermarkets and Starbucks. But for me, the weirdest place it was like a demonic possession story from the middle of a Pacific island, like a really, really small one in the mm. middle of nowhere. The person was demonically possessed, apparently. And mm. they were like on this person's little farm. And the grandma came out and brought them into the house, you know, gave, gave them some something, did a chant, mm. and then the person was fine. I mean, I narrated this story years ago, and I've always wanted to wow. find it again, but I think it's since been deleted. But it is an excellent story, very creepy. You know, it's just from somewhere so far away, somewhere so remote. The person said that they had since, like, they live on a mainland now, which is why they have access to the internet, because on that particular island, there's hardly any technology. There's no internet. It's just really remote. But it's just super interesting that, you know, these seemingly paranormal things happen, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Not just where it's popular, but just anywhere. Right. I mean, you'd think people, people can just make up stories for the sake of it to impress their friends or to look cool, but... Mm-hmm. And when they happen, when there's no one else around and when there's no one to impress, it's like, well, you've got everything oh. to lose. It's like, you know, you're putting your credibility on the line just because you feel like you need to share this. I mean, surely it, means, it must mean something. But yeah, it, right. it, it always comes back to this question, isn't it? Is it true? And Yes, so true. Oh, my gosh. It is. Do you have a video that you are most proud of and would like to recommend for people to watch? I did a video a number of years ago called A Demon is Trying to Take My Soul. And I did it once 
and then I didn't do it, and I didn't really do it justice because I did it over a number of videos. I did it like over eight videos, mm. and then I released it again two years ago on my birthday, remastered edition. And I mean, it didn't mm. pick up a super amount of views, but I got lots of people, like, lots of other horror channels involved doing like minor voice acting roles within it, and I was pretty proud with of what I made. It was a huge labor of love, and I was really proud of it. Sometimes the things that you really work really hard on, mm-hmm. you know, aren't always appreciated. Like Lazy Masquerade made that comment years ago. He said, I think this was before I even started, said, I make videos and when I do a topic that I want, it gets less views. But when I do a topic that I know will be popular, even if I don't want to make it, it gets more views. And he says, right. it's a bit annoying because you as a creator want to create stuff that you find interesting, not always just your audience because it can get stale. Yes. And yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that sometimes, you know, you can be a bit restricted because audience have certain expectations and what they like, even if it's not necessarily what you like. But to right. come back round, yeah, that video, I was really proud of that video. It took a long, long time to make. It was definitely a cool story. Untrue, you know, it was like a creepy fun mm-hmm. type story. Nice. Worth a listen if you've got a spare hour and a half. I'll have to find it unless you can link it to me and then I will put it on the Yeah, sure. Um, I can, I can send it to you after the interview. Yeah. No, that'd be wonderful. Well, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Well, everyone, if you've listened to the end of this and, you know, you still want to hear more, you can find more from me on my channel called Mortis Media. It's all about true scary stories, unsurprisingly. And yes, ghosts are real and true. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you on. Thank you.
Burn on, dear flame, burn on. There's a light. 